Action Park Media. All right, listen up. If you have something good going on in your life or good things are happening and then you get negative self-talk or you put a boundary in place and you feel guilt or perhaps you feel shame rather than just, you know, delightful, joy, creative, wonderfulness, often, um, (laughs) then I have the podcast for you. I chatted to the amazing Dr. Karen and she's phenomenal, delightful. We talk about soul contracts. We talk about the things to do when you are having horrible, what she calls the dark nights or depression episodes or depressive episodes. Um, Just a really good, solid, delightful chat. So this is Pretty Depressed with Dr. Karen. I am joined by Karen. Now, I've been watching a lot of your stuff on Instagram and you are just a wealth of knowledge that I feel like you are gifting to so many people. If you don't already follow her, please go and follow her. But yeah, Karen, how did you get into the work of like working with soul contracts? And I guess, how would you define what you do besides being very generous and helpful? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I have a dog here on my lap. Um, they're always attracted. I know I'm about to have an interview. It's perfect time for you to come up. Um, uh-huh. You know, I we all have a journey, right? Like who knew you were going to land where you are? I didn't know I was going to land where I was. Um, I started out as school teacher and then I got married when I was like 21 years old. And then had a life that I thought I was going to live forever. I was married to a professional athlete that blew up in flames in a very public divorce. And I was devastated, depressed and all the stuff and, um, decided, yeah, it was, that's it, it, it. There was, there was, there's always stories inside the stories inside the stories. Right. But that bottomed me out. And so I really wanted, and this is 20, something years ago. Um, And I really wanted to understand psychology, why people do what they do, because I didn't understand kind of what happened. So I went back to school and got my PhD. Plus I'd gone through depression. And then I started realizing more about mental health. And I was into researching and well, I got my master's and then my PhD. And um, then I realized I was really good at teaching still. So I started teaching some more. And then I got remarried, had three kids, and then had some catastrophic stuff happen to me and some really supernatural stuff through the death of a loved one. And um, all of a sudden, I ended up in this spiritual awakening place, which was not planned, but apparently my soul called it in. That was 2014. Okay. So I started navigating the world in a, in a different way. So I was like a licensed professional counselor and I was like a teacher at the graduate and doctorate level. And I was doing all these things. And then all of a sudden this world collided with me. That was very supernatural and very much about consciousness. And, you know, you, they're researching about it right now, but it was more ethereal, right? It wasn't in all of the books. And so oh. I started kind of creating my own way of working with people and, um, I say life coach because that's what people understand, but I'm really more of kind of like a spiritual guide, but I also have a clinical background and in that awakening and like the growth that went forward, I basically just opened my arms to the universe. And I was like, apparently I'm not in charge of this whole like journey thing where we all think we're going to go from point A to point Z and, or it's just right all over the place. And so I just opened up and I just said, you know, use me and help me to understand this in a whole new way. And so I had to like reorganize my idea of spirituality. I was raised very, very conservative religious church. And mm-hmm. um, so I basically went through an entire reformation, which is still mm-hmm. continuing. And so fast forward, I wrote a book about it. I wrote another book about fatherlessness. And now I really, we tend to teach what we've been through, kind of like what you're doing, not even kind of what you're doing with this podcast, right? Like 
our wound is what we tend to go and then shine a light on and help other people with. So a lot of what I like to do is help women who have really gone through dark nights and have gone through depression or gone through whatever they want to call it Mm -hmm. um, and find their power again. And for me, the pathway out was a very spiritual one. So that was a long answer. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. And thank you for sharing. And you know what? It's actually... I have a, a an amazing audience, some who are woo-woo lovers and some who are more science-based. And I think yep. you're kind of what it sounds like, that perfect balance, which will make some of the stuff I want to talk to you about a little bit more digestible because I think for, for certain pellets, um, especially those people who are a bit more trepidatious about when you say spiritual and what that means, um, if they haven't had mm-hmm. that experience, it's sort of easier to put it at arm's reach. Um, I love that you focus on woman empowerment. Something I wanted to tackle today, if you're open to it, is how you can use consciousness to kind of break through some negative self-talk. And if that is a work, I've watched a few videos that interest me and you kind of touched on this subject a while ago. And yeah, I just, for myself personally, I have all these lofty goals and dreams and believe in myself, but simultaneously, even today, I've really felt a bit of an energy shift and I'm trying to be positive amid an actor's strike and amid all this negativity around me. But I still have this negative self-talk, which was very prominent during my depression and has been there for life really because I have perfectionisms and depressive tendencies. But Yeah. I just wondered if there's any tools that you have for people who consciously want to master their subconscious and and why it keeps coming up. And is that just, yeah, is that common? Is it something that's in women because we're so prone to self-abandonment? And yeah, just kind of your thoughts on that and and some work maybe that you do that's tangible for listeners. Yeah. Well, that was described very well. And, you know, it's kind of why we're here. Um, You know, women are raised and trained a lot differently than men. Um, men don't tend to, now I'm going to speak generally. Um, I know that this isn't for everybody, but generally women are really trained to guilt. Guilt is the biggest thing. And then guilt bottoms us out at shame. And so there is a, um, there's a scale of consciousness that they've measured. It scientifically was measured looking at biofeedback measurements in the body. David Hawkins did this research over 30 years and he established this beautiful scale of consciousness, which is this inverted triangle. And at the base of it, the smallest part where you're the most contracted is the, is the um, consciousness of shame. At the top is joy and peace and love. So shame resonates at about a, a vibration of a 10, which by the way, zero is death. Um, so 10, when you're vibrating at shame, which is all that negative self-talk, why didn't I, why am I not? Why, why didn't I, I should, I should, I should. Um, we shrink our consciousness down, we shriek. And so the word consciousness, this is what it's all about. It's, it's you know, to be conscious is to be more aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason I bring up that, that um, triangle of consciousness or the scale of consciousness is at the top when we can raise our consciousness and expand ourselves. And I'll unpack that in a really simple way. Because I understand people need bridge language. Like, I wasn't always as woo as I am. And I know that it can be a little triggering or off-putting for some people. So I'll stand right there in the middle with you guys. And you know what? However you believe is exactly how and where you are in your perfect place. So no judgment from anybody. Um, at the top of this scale of consciousness is a really broad top part of the inverted triangle. And that's where peace, love, and joy are, which is where self-love reside. And so when you're resonating there, your consciousness raises to four, five, six hundred. Okay. And total enlightenment is like a thousand to 2000. When you have that blissful moment that we've all, most of us have had one, whether that was religious, spiritual, supernatural, standing, watching a sunset, your baby being born, whatever. That is when you elevate. And that stream of consciousness is so fluid and so open 
when you're in such a state of appreciation that you're vibrating up at self-love and you're feeling so much in appreciation, there is actually no possibility that you can do the negative self-talk because you're at bliss. That's because your consciousness is expanded. And so to work on consciousness, the, the beginning piece is just the very simple thing to know. The word consciousness just comes from the word conscious. It just means to become more conscious. Because what they found is when you start becoming more conscious, more aware, you know, the word meditate means to become familiar with. It doesn't mean to be completely quiet and have your mind totally blank. Like few people can actually accomplish that. Um, it means to, to become more aware of what you're thinking. And as a stepping stone, and we're aware of our thoughts and we're not living by default and thinking that there's just something that we're out of control with in our head. And we can start working like this is the work that I do, right? And what you're teaching people to do with your guests that come on and your own work. When you start becoming more consciousness and you can see what your patterns are, that is the first step to then realizing when you're being triggered, when what derails you. Like for me, what, de- what has derailed me the most is the ending of relationships, right? So usually when we have a trauma that's buried our first big breakup, that's what I found in the research of Fatherless Daughter Project. That first big breakup, all that childhood wounding like comes out all over the place. It can look like depression, suicidality, it's severe anxiety. Like, it can look like a ton of stuff. Um, but you know, over time, we get, achieved, we get to go on a journey and we're never done. But you get to go on a journey of, wow, I'm, I'm going to start becoming really conscious and aware that I actually do have some control of my thoughts. I don't have control of the trigger. So I'm conscious now of what the trigger is like for me, like the, I'm divorced right now, but the, by, whenever I've had a breakup, like everything just splatters all over the walls in my emotional body, right? Like all that abandonment, my dad left me, no one loves me. Like all those demons come up. Right. And I'm sure a lot of your audience, like one third of women have, if not a half and men too, like you have those deep abandonment wounds because of whatever love wasn't given to you that you fundamentally needed as a child. So they usually come up in relationships. They say, if you want to know about yourself, get into a relationship because it's like trigger, trigger, right? Uh, yeah. So the basis of it is first of all, just becoming aware. And this is a lot of the work you can do with the coach or in journaling. For me, it's helpful to have a coach or a therapist or someone that can, I can sit down, solely focus on what I'm doing, talk through it. Because the goal is really not to be, it would be great if we all could get away from being triggered. (laughs) That is a really high level of self mastery. I mean, part of being human is that you are going to be triggered. My goal with clients is to be so aware that the time between the the um, the breaking down and the depressive feelings get shorter. The the length of staying in that state gets smaller and smaller because, and I'll end with this, and I can give a lot of tangible um, practices, but. I just wanted to give an overview because once you realize that you actually have control of that little hamster wheel in your mind and you can learn how to intercept mm-hmm. it, that doesn't mean that you can't feel it. I'm all about, this is such a long answer because it's kind of like why we're here on this earth. Yeah. You do need to feel the emotions, like feeling it will heal it. But the issue is like, we don't want to stay there. So those feelings are asking to be felt in a really full form, like that deep, it's usually deep grief um, attached to abandonment attached to fear of being unloved, all that stuff, right? Why am I not good enough? Why, why didn't I do this right? Why that all that being, then we blame ourselves because then we usually pile on top of that feeling. We'll start shaming ourselves in our head. God, why didn't I get out of bed today? Why didn't I show up? Oh God, she looks so good. Why can't I get myself together? You know, and why, you know, that's what we do, right? We compare. And when we do that, we're again, dropping ourselves to a state of shame because that's what, that's what self, 
it's, it's, it's you're shaming yourself, which is the lowest point of consciousness. To me, if you can really look at tangibly and you can Google this, that that triangle has changed everything in my life, that scale of consciousness, because I realized if I can just pull myself up, like for instance, anger is actually like one third up the scale. Like that's a much stronger emotion than depression. Depression mm-hmm. is apathy. If you can get some energy behind it and you can start going through anger, that's actually a really good thing. Feel all of it. <laughs> Beat the pillow, scream in the car, lay on the bathroom floor, and I've done all of it. Okay, moving all up. I start to feel a little bit more accepting. Like there is a scale that your body naturally will want to rise to. And there are, there are a ton of techniques to get you there. I am rambling. I could talk about it for no, hours. You're not, the work rambling. I, yeah. <laughs> you're not rambling at all. No, it's just, I, I guess it's one of those things that I am you're right. Attaching shame to it's like, I've done all this work and I've, you know, have been really putting it out there and being really intentional to have an energy shift. Cause I felt like, you know, I'm such a hard, diligent worker, but I'm not getting the result. And a lot of my validation I get externally from employment. And, and so I've tried to reframe that and, you know, get more creative and do it for the love and feel like I'm doing all the quote unquote right things. And then as things start to shift, as things always do, this too shall change for the positive. That's when I'm starting to notice that my brain's almost trying to work against me and pull me back. And so I just, I I have done the work of like, I'm aware that I'm doing it. I'm just not great at letting it go. And then I kind of do start to get into it because I'm pissed that I've got these thoughts still. And I'm like, God, this is what I wanted. Why am I still you know, in my brain, almost battling, which, yeah, I don't know. Well, that would be an unpacking it. Well, because you've trained your brain. I I look at it like the best metaphor to me is like a highway that goes one direction and it's just a one way. So your brain has been taught to go this way and then that way. And so it's a matter of doing, of inner um, doing some interception on the pathways. And And it takes, I hate to say the word work because once you have these aha moments and you can start like, this is why like I create courses because I have found, I mean, it took me decades to break free from it and I still get triggered. I mean, I'm, I still go through it if I get like a bad comment on something, but my time between when I get triggered and when I start to feel anxious and self-deprecating and all that, like has gotten shorter and shorter. And it's a matter of retraining that mental highway to go a different direction. And that is, you know, intercepting thoughts. It's usually, it's really like using words, like for a while, like my last breakup, like all my stuff came up, you know, how could he leave me? I was like the perfect girlfriend, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. But, you know, first of all, you know, the four agreements, one of the, one of the main ones is don't take things personally. And so that is something that I have learned. So it's mantras. Like I would just repeat in my head and then I would listen to people podcasts that made me feel better, like on repeat, like I would listen to my favorite podcasts on Abraham Hicks is one of my favorite. Um, they, there's just a really elevated teaching on not getting in your own ways energetically. Um, but that was affirmations, right? Replacing, replacing to where then it becomes not so much of a habit to go all the way to the dead end because yeah. that's when you're bottomed out and, and it's okay. If you do, if you're there right now, like feel it, feel it. But if you've been there for longer than you want to be there, getting support is the strongest thing that you can do. There's such a weird thing with people are like, I don't, I don't want to go to therapy. I'm like, it doesn't mean you're broken. You go to the dentist, you, you have a lawyer, you, why aren't you getting someone to help you with your head and your heart? It's the two most, and your soul. These are the three most important parts of your body. Mm. There are so many people out there, Kim, that are walking around in such a secret depression that self-isolate. I mean, the number one thing we do is self-isolation and 
And it makes me so sad. That's why I'm always saying in my programs and my, in my promotions, I'm like, I know you're walking around secretly. Like I used to go home when I was in a, um, a marriage that was super abusive and I was so depressed, but I would show up, right? Because you're an actress, right? Like you'd show up to the world and you, and you literally have to pretend like you're okay. <laughs> and I, I mean, I was acting to some extent and then I would go home and then you just feel so like alone. And then you have this resentment for wherever your pain is, whether it's your parents or your life or your partner. And there can be a very silent shame around it, but intercepting that mental highway. And I would do it through affirmations, through listening to inputting what feels better. Um, and then um, finding things in your life that make you feel good. So see, it sounds very easy, but this is a practice. So I know now that when I'm having a really bad thought, like, why did he pick her over me? Like, that's a common one for me. Or why, well, actually the number one thing women feel bad about is eating too much. I think it's, um, I think I saw that on a study the other day, 80% of us walk around feeling guilty all day. Like, and the number one thing is eating too much and the way we look. Um, it's a terrible thing that we've been taught to do. Yeah. And we'll self-shame ourselves. So then we're, again, dropped down to that low point of consciousness. And when you're in that low point of consciousness and you're walking around with that twist in your gut, you can't be creative. You can't feel love. You can't feel joy because you're so contracted. Those emotions can't get in until you have a moment or a shift or something flashes in front of you that reminds you, oh, there's my dog. Oh, he's so funny. Oh, there's my kid or there's my partner or whatever it is that brings you joy. Oh, I just got a good positive phone call. If mm. So what that, what's happening when that happens is your body's releasing dopamine and serotonin and, and your body will clinically correct. Um, the way to do that on your own it, it, it sounds very simple, but I had a therapist, gosh, 23, 20 years ago when I was so clinically depressed and suicidal after my first divorce, like couldn't get off the ground, didn't leave my house for months. Like, I mean, medicated, literally the only reason I did not suicide was because of faith. So, I mean, I, I know what it feels like to be that low and literally just be holding on by a thread. So my heart is always, always just, uh, I just feel it in my, in my bones when people are there. Mm-hmm. I had to learn, and it's, it's bigger than this, but simply... Like I can control these thoughts. And I know now through my spiritual study that if you can just pick anything, it doesn't have to be related to what you're depressed about. Mm -hmm. If you can just pick anything that makes you feel good. And my best example right now is I have a betta fish, you know, those little betta fish that like, okay, it was supposed to be my daughter's, but I kind of hijacked it because he stayed in the kitchen for too long. And now he's on the kitchen counter in his cute little bowl. He's red. I call him chief because he looks like, because of his feathers, like an Indian chief. Okay. I am obsessed with this betta fish and I have, he doesn't remind me of any ex. He doesn't remind me of any sad time. He's fresh and new. I have so much joy when I sit down and I, and I talk to him and he comes to the side. So what is your betta fish? Like, what can you look at that has no attachment to anything negative that you can literally just find some appreciation? Maybe it's the way a flower looks. If you can literally and simply look at something and find appreciation. Maybe it's for a photograph that you love, whatever it is, you actually will raise your vibration and your consciousness back up to a three, four, five, six hundred, where you can actively then engage in the world from more of your higher self. I know that was a lot. No, that was beautiful. Yeah. My my dog is that. I'd say my cat, but my cat has fleas currently. So we're dealing with <laughs> right. there's an added element to it. Yeah. Uh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, the the way that they love it's an instant mood booster for me. But yeah, and I 
you know, just to speak to you in that season, thank you for sharing. I'm sorry that you were in that place, but I also am grateful that you were able to move through it and, and kind of have that level of depth and that scope. So I'm sorry that that happened to you and you found yourself there. I have been similar, but a different situation. And I know mm-hmm. it is actually really helpful when people share that because I didn't yeah. have hope when I was in my lowest. I couldn't even conceptualize the idea of hope. So um, I think sharing your story is, thank you. I'm really grateful for that. Um, Well, it's when I do what I do, you know, and when you're in that place, I mean, I'm sure anyone that's looked at this knows like you chemically, your body is blocking. That's why I'm teaching this and telling you these, they seem simple, but when you're in it, it's like the hardest thing you can do. I know, but your body is literally blocking. So anyone that's there, like, your body is chemically blocking the chemicals that make you feel good. So yes, there, there, are, there are certain medications you can use that they release those uptake inhibitors. They, they're up, they are uptake inhibitors. They re- release the reuptake of the chemicals so that you can have more of the feel good floating around your body. Um, but you know, if you want to manage it on your own, it is like literally, I mean, my therapist back then was like, what makes you feel good? And I was like, I don't know. I like to play piano. I like to walk, hug my dog. He was like, you have to sit down once a day and play piano. And it literally turned a page for me because I didn't concentrate on my divorce. I'd start taking Pilates. And I realized while I was in Pilates, I was so focused on every stupid freaking muscle in my body because I couldn't get it right. You know, at first that I would walk out of there and I'd be like, oh my God, there was an hour that I did not even think about my ex. That was amazing. So it, it, so it's like purposefully, purposefully telling your body, I'm going to detach from this place where my chemicals are not releasing. And I'm going to insert something in my life, my cat, my dog, my beta fish, my piano, my bike, whatever it is, that is going to release chemicals. You know, exercise does that too. Really good sex does that too, by the way. <laughs> Which you don't feel like having when you're depressed, but I toss it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we can look for it for sure. Um, how do you how do you shift your energy? Um, besides just in terms of uh and what I mean of this is in New Zealand at the moment, there's quite a lot of sort of seasonal depression around just yeah. because it's been raining a lot. The economy, like there's so I I I live in LA most of the time and there's for the most part, everyone's pretty ambitious. And I really noticed it in contrast to what New Zealand usually feels like to me. And it just does feel like kind of a collective consciousness of oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, how, how do you protect or how would you advise people kind of protect and not get sucked into that? Cause I even was like, Oh, it's pulling me. Like it feels very palpable. Well, you know, what's happened the past few years has amplified anyone that has a tendency for any kind of mental health issues or, I mean, it, it, I have a lot of opinions on it, which we won't get into, but there has been some um, uh, creation of polarization in the world that has triggered deep anger in people for how, wherever you stand on it. It doesn't matter. I mean, you, everyone's experienced in some way or form, very deep anger, which has then triggered very deep grief. So, um, you know, since, since 20, 20, uh, 2020, it has whatever you've been feeling has been intensified and whatever you know so in my path i've i've i look at things now through a soul journey and i now believe that we have soul contracts and if you don't align with that that's totally fine we everyone's on a different path but it has been the episode on yeah. soul contracts so hopefully if you haven't listened to it yet uh, her name's Kim and so people can get yeah. up to 
feeds so you can speak from where you're at. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole episode on it. On It was on the Dream Your Life podcast. It was really amazing talking about it. But that really helped me find healing because it helped me make sense of so much of my trauma to where then I wasn't tied to or obligated to the depression. Um, because, you know, I had, I was abused as a child, many different ways and, um, every form you can be abused. And, you know, it's, um, and I picked partners then that repeated that. And, um, you know, I have been through many dark nights. And so (laughs) the, the practice of learning this, I, I, when I look at the soul journey in my belief system, what I have come to peace with is when I came here, I actually, and this isn't going to resonate with everybody. And I know, and if it doesn't just skip over it, but my soul chose to have the life that I have. You, we pick our parents, we pick where we live. This is my belief. Um, so you have the opportunity to grow at great levels. I, I personally was put here to do this work at such a deep level for me to do the work that I now do. My soul choose to go through that. So then I could understand grief, depression, dark night of the soul on such a deep level that whenever someone came in front of me and I was holding space, like I'm not taking your feelings on. I've learned to put boundaries up, but I can feel it. I can hold space. I have no judgment. Nothing surprises me. So that was a very healing um, place for me. And once I started looking at my soul's, the purpose to it, that was a huge shift for me. Now, the way that I protect myself um, is I, I do meditate every day. For me, that looks like sitting in front of this beautiful nook that I bless that has a sound bowl. And I actually have a big mirror in front of me because I also, I start by looking myself in the mirror and telling myself that I love myself. I just say, I love you. Mirror work is really powerful. It can be really uncomfortable at first, but that is a very good grounding technique to use, especially if self-love is one of your, excuse me, big, um, growth plates in this life, um, which it has been for me. Um, and I go through protection prayers, which I do, I, I give freely. Um, I wrap myself in a bubble of white light and I ask that only those energies and beings and spirits that are of the white light of God be allowed around me. And I say that anything that is not of the white light, um, go back where you came from or go back, um, go into the earth to be recycled for good. I have this whole prayer because what happens when you're in negative or toxic relationships, sorry. That's a really beautiful way to send it off nicely rather than just like. <laughs> right. Well, I've done the. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Some of that. Hey, the word. Can I say the F word? You can say okay. maybe. So, so when you when I finally got to the place coming out of the church that I was able to be like, fuck you. Fuck you. It's actually if it if it if it triggers a negative feeling in you, then it's not for you. But for me, it triggered empowerment and it, it actually opens up your throat chakra. So and that's that anger stage. So when I finally one of my most best reels was that ABCDE fuck you. Um, and I was like, it was totally about my ex at the time. And it is so powerful. My daughters, all of her friends thought it was hilarious, but I mean, I meant every word of it. Um, now I'm at a place where I have more acceptance and I, my emotions have calmed, but, um, but it's okay. Like that's a necessary stage to go through, but you know, I start my day and before I came on here, um, I'm very intentional. Like it's a non-negotiable for me. I walk in nature every day. That's one, Um, I like forest bathing and it doesn't have to be long, but I use the forest energy. It's much higher than any other place on the planet. I mean, if you're, if you can immerse yourself, that brings your vibration up. And then I come home and I meditate and I do that clearing. And I, I actually pray that prayer on the way to school with my kids. Um, Because, you know, you pick up energy from people all day. And, you know, not only that, but that's another big topic, as you know, sometimes you're clearing karma from another life that may or may not resonate with you. Sometimes you're clearing up generational trauma. Um, so severe depression can actually be all of that generational trauma. For me, my mom was a German immigrant and the women were just disempowered, disempowered. And I am 
I am, I've been, I mean, I've been on the floor in shaman's office. I've been beating drums. I mean, I've been, it has been a very intense life for me, but a lot of that depression I realized was me actually carrying generational trauma and it gets stuck um, in your energy. And if you're called to heal that, you'll know it. Cause as I'm talking, you might be getting chill bumps. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of layers to it, but that, that, that protection then, and then if you've had a, a bad experience or a run in, or, you know, you don't get a, a callback or whatever it is that, that, that shakes up your vibe, you can say, I shake this energy off me. And literally, you know, you have an energy field around you. It's about three meters wide. It's called a Merkaba um, or a vibratory field, whatever you want to call it. They've proven it, but with, you know, cameras that you can see it, it picks up energy from other people. So you can literally just wipe your hands down, like around the area around you and just say any energy that doesn't serve my highest good, I ask it to be pushed into the earth and recycled for good. And then you can just ask that you be filled with the white light of God and be wrapped in a bubble of light and held at a state of protection for the day. Like that's how I start. Some days it's more, but that's a quickie to start your day. Love that. That's yeah, real- you ha- yeah, you have, you have charge over your energy field. In my mind, I'm like, I should do that when I enter the house. Like, get off me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I cannot tell you. And I've worked with actresses um, here in Atlanta. I, you know, I can't tell you. I mean, you're, we all have different intensities with what we do and our family stuff, our jobs, whatever it is, our cities that we live in. I mean, we're all at different extremes. And, you know, your energy field is carrying a vibrational blueprint that is a magnet. Okay. So whatever emotion you're carrying, there's this plasmic field. Some people can see it. Um, I have a child actually that can, that can still see it. Um, but you have like this wave of energy vibrating off of you at all times. And it can have like spots on it from trauma that's been unhealed and all the stuff we're referencing. It's more than this, but I'm trying to keep it simple. Um, you do have charge of it. And literally your hands are very powerful, very powerful. We all, that's why when you get hurt, you immediately put your hand on your child or on your dog or on your, because you instinctively know your hands have healing energy. You have portals in your hands. And so, you know, simply putting your hand on your heart and saying a prayer and using your hand to wipe your field and push it into the earth. I can't tell you how important that is and how much it has changed my life. Because if not, you literally have, energy that attaches to you. you it, ju- it does. And so just by clearing on a daily basis, just like taking a physical shower, it can set your energy, practice it for five days and see if you feel different and see if when you walk in the door, um, like I'll set energy grids up at my door. I just say prayers and I set grids up when I have parties that any energy that anyone has that doesn't serve my house, it gets dropped into the ground, you know, and you can sage and there's so much to it, but it's a really important um, technique. This may be, and I'm aware I'm going over, I'll be quick. Just when you were saying that, is there something in, I almost feel a need that I can probably see when people's energy is bad and I feel like I take it upon myself to <laughs> put my bubble, self-abandon my own bubble to cover. Yeah. Is that is that just people pleasing or is that kind of what women do probably? <laughs> Well, what's beautiful is that you're aware of it. So that level, that's that's high consciousness, okay? So you just saying that and knowing like, and then it's like, wow. So then I have my stuff and then, oh, because I know I've done it too. I mean, that, I'm a therapist, you know, or now I'm a coach, but whatever, I've done it. So even recently I've had to really practice not taking on, because we do it because we love, right? You do it because you have empathy for others because of what you've been through. It means that you're a beautiful soul. Like, so don't shame yourself. Don't wrap that layer on it. Again, lowest point of consciousness. Just say, wow, I'm realizing right now I pick up. So there's a, there's a really um, simple technique 
that you can do where you literally see then if you feel like you've picked up someone's energy like that, um, you can just say, I, I send you back in love and I'll say washed in the white light of God, however you want to say it. You can say washed in universal light, whatever. I say, I send back any energy that I may have absorbed from you, washed in the white light of God back to you. And I'll physically do it with my hands. And I'll say, and I ask that any energy of mine that was leaked onto you be washed in the white light of God and be brought back to make me whole. You are a whole being and I'm a whole being, you know, I honor you and love you, but I ask that we are separate now. Really powerful. I just learned how to perfect that like literally two weeks ago and it, it will shift your energy. Cause I feel my ego that I like start as a beautiful light in the day. And then I just kind of like allow it to go out of joy. And then I find myself like at burnout and exhaustion and stuff. And I don't really know how to call it back to me. Um, and yeah, and then I've like got no shield almost. by Totally. The You're seeing it, but okay. Again, like don't shame yourself. Like it's nothing that you are doing wrong. It's how you were taught to be. And it's what you've had a habit of doing because you love people, right? You're a giver. You want everyone to be happy. You're like, that's, I mean, I can feel it from you. Yeah. And I know, cause I've done it, but it's like, that self-love piece, that boundary piece, you know that when you do it all day, you can feel it. like you just acted it out. Like <laughs> I'm exhausted. I mean, you, you, you can feel it. So just at the end of the day, use whatever language feels right to you. The energy doesn't care what faith you are. You just say, I ask that all parts of me be washed in light and return to me. And anything that doesn't serve me, be washed in light, return to them. You can make it that simple. And you know, it, you are, your energy field is your most, your, your biggest commodity. And if we're giving it out all day, see, we were trained as women to do that. We were trained to give ourselves away and martyr everything. I know this is, this is the basis of every course that I teach. So it's not just you. It is almost every woman that I've worked with. And these are powerful, badass women, right? And we're just giving, men weren't trained to do that. Men keep boundaries and no one gets mad. Women try to set a boundary and people get pissed off. Yeah. Or I get so riddled with guilt that I'm like, I'm sorry, I'll do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the primary thing. And I can't say enough, the guilt piece, the guilt is universal for women. And that is, that is, I work on it every day with myself and with women. And if we can solve that piece and stop agreeing because you make yourself available, not, I'm not saying you, there's no accusation. We make ourselves available to carry it. It's an agreement. Mm -hmm. So I literally, when I had the, the awakening to the guilt and I realized how low the consciousness was, I started repeating, I do not do guilt anymore. I don't do guilt anymore. I can be as loving as I can in front of you, but there's a time and a place where I will make myself available for this or I'm going to have to say, no, I can't show up and be everything for you because if I do, I have nothing left for myself and then I'm not anything for anybody. Yeah, that's so good. And also having the language around that can be helpful too. I think that's part of it as well. Yes. Not how to say these things. Um, I mean, learning it is, but you know, just learning to say like literally simply, no, no, I'm sorry. This is like, the, I, I go over this with women all day and I'm like, you can say, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't. What we end up doing is we over explain and then we start to come up with all this, right? Cause we feel so guilty. Well, if, if you can just say, you know what? I really can't this time. The end. It's literally a full sentence. I really can't this time. You know, I'm sorry. Because I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I can see, I just did it. Someone's like, can you come at 6 a.m. to the gym? And I'm like, oh, I'm tired or whatever. And then I ended up like talking myself into like, but don't count me out because I'll try and be there. And it's like, what? Yeah. So, so what's well, a matter of, I mean, and I'm, if, if it's a matter of at the end of the day, 
the basis of this is returning to what we really want, yes. not what everybody wants from us. So what, what I do is I'll stop myself and I'll stop my clients and I'll say, okay, what because we we should ourselves all day. We should, it's called shooting on yourself. I should, I need to, I should, I need to. I will replace those words with other words and help navigate around that. But what I always come back to is, well, what do you want? What do you really want? Do you want to get up at 6.30? Is that going to make you feel good? Do you want to go and volunteer for another blah, blah, blah? Do you want to go to your in-laws? Whatever it is, like certain things are obligations that are going to make us feel good for doing them. But if it's out of obligation and it's not going to make you feel like a higher version of yourself, it's just to know. And it's not being a bitch. It's just being, you know what? No, do you think everybody walks? There are certain people that have learned these boundaries and they're much happier. And here's the deal. You're teaching people how to love you. And when you set a boundary, Brene Brown teaches this really strongly. When you set a boundary, it is not only the most loving thing you can do for you, but you're modeling to them how to love you and where giving yourself away stops. And then that relationship can actually become deeper because that resentment that you might be feeling starts to disappear. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I totally need to come and do one of your courses, <laughs> which I would love, I'd love to have you. Yeah. Everybody about, um, but Firstly, one thing I like to wrap up with is ask my guests what their brain looks like. Now, whatever comes to mind for you, it might be a, a haunted house, it might be a beautiful garden, it might, I don't know, it might be yeah. chaotic spheres of light. What kind of comes to mind? In your- you know, it, it, what comes to mind, um, I listened to your interview with Adam Rowe before this, by the way, and I, that was extraordinary. And I, I heard you ask him that and, um, and your other ones. So I, I did think about it an hour before and I was like, you know, it's, I think what came first is a, it's a sun, it's a sunrise and a sunset. Like it's the colors are really important to me. So I feel like there are a lot of colors, but there are storms that come and go. There are storms that come and go, but there's always another sunrise and there's always another sunset because I really have trained myself to return to that place of, of peace and beauty, even though the storms are coming and going. And I also like to live my life in color. So yeah. Love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you. Oh yeah. I was going to say, so yeah. So I, whenever this airs, um, there may or may not be an an opportunity to do a podcast or I'm always having programs come out. I have a, I'm not a podcast, a masterclass coming out next week, but um, it's drkarin.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-A-R-I-N. It's German.com. That's my um, handle on Instagram. That's my um, website. Um, on Facebook, I'm just Dr. Karn. But anyway, I have programs coming out that address this exact thing. Literally, it's a consistent thread because it's what every woman deals with. And I would love if it resonates with anybody. Send me a DM and um, I'll connect you in the, right, in the right path. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm really, really appreciative. So thank oh, you. Thank you for having me on. It was a, it was a joy. 